And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 384 of This Old Marketing for Friday, July 14th, 2023. And with me, as always, as he always is, my pal, my colleague, and a guy who's really, I know, looking forward to seeing the double feature of Oppenheimer and Barbie, Mr. Joe Polizzi. <laughs> How did you know that I, I absolutely am? That's ridiculous. Do, that do you know that selling... there are, they are actually doing like a, a promo of, I think they're calling it Barbenheimer. Um, oh, it's so good. It, oh, it's so good. It's, it's, I mean, it's, the Barbie it's, marketing it's, it's, is crazy. It's, it's uh, <clears throat> diametrically opposed, right? And, and yeah. you feel it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you don't really get much more opposite movies than that, but yeah. Did you, so on that note, for, for, well, so first of all, I want to know, are you, are you going to see both movies? Oh, uh, I'm not sure I'll make it out to see, I'm kind of really off theaters, um, and not, for no particular reason, it's not like I'm. It's not like out a COVID remainder thing. Nah, it's, it's just sort of a... more of a hassle kind of thing. But uh, you know, the, the the Barbie movie, maybe I, I'm not sure either of those movies gets me into a theater. Um, but but the well, definitely um, we'll watch both. I'm very interested to see both. Yeah. So it maybe and maybe is the answer. To well, that. I know I'm. This is terrible. I'm almost more apt to see Barbie. Because I know how Oppenheimer ends. I mean, I know what happens. <laughs> it's it, an explosive it's ending. It's based on some kind of truth. Maybe not yeah. the truth, but some right. kind of truth. Now, did you see this thing that Tom Cruise is all upset because of Oppenheimer? I did, did not see this. See this? What, what tell, fill me in. So, <laughs> so apparently, Mission Impossible is coming out, I, I believe, this week. Well, and that's a movie that might actually get me into a now, theater. That's, oh, he, he's yeah. so good. And he's, yeah. he's are they me messing with his, his face, CGI? Because he looks even younger. Uh, you I don't know, know how he does it. Here's the thing I want to understand about his face. If you see him, <laughs> if you see him on the red carpet and you see him in interviews and you, you can, you can tell. I mean, sad to say, you can tell that he looks. He's he's had some work done. Old, he's, right? he's definitely had some work done. You can see it. You oh. can see it in not Madonna work, but no, not Madonna level work. But but he's yeah. definitely had some work done. And I mean, he looks great. But but it's you can definitely see he's had the you know he's had some. <laughs> I always think of the movies when I but but you know he's definitely had the pulling back of the the face a bit. But in the movies. I don't know whether they do it with uh, with just makeup or whether they whether they do it in a certain angle or whatever. He, you're right. He looks, looks as young as ever. Gotta I be mean, doing. He, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of shadows, shadow work, and partial CGI. And something. And I, know, and I know you haven't seen Indiana Jones yet, but there's they do a lot of CGI of him really young in the beginning, yeah. and then after that beginning part, they go to. Indiana Jones being, I don't know, 75 years old, whatever Harrison Ford is sure. today, yeah. looking yeah. as bad as you can possibly look. And it's it's awesome to see that. It's like, wow, that's it's it's chilling. Regardless, back to the point. Yes. So Tom Cruise, 
He's upset. Is upset because I don't know if you knew this, but when he launched Maverick, Maverick did, I believe, $110 million on IMAX theaters alone. Wow. Just with IMAX. So, you know, that's Tom crazy. Cruise is, knows that IMAX is very important for the success of <laughs> the financial success of Mission Impossible. Yes. Has found out that he only gets nine days on IMAX theaters because only. that's because Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. Yeah. comes out and has it reserved for three weeks. So Tom gets the boot and Christopher Nolan is is coming in strong. Now, I didn't know why the why this was, why Nolan gets all this. And then uh, Laura, who, who works at, at the Tilt, said that Nolan uses like all IMAX equipment, has a really good relationship with IMAX. So, of course, he gets first dibs because sure. they have some kind of partnership going on. Yeah. But... I don't think Scientology is going to stand for this happening. <laughs> oh, no. Just you went there. Days. What? <laughs> you went there. I, we, I have nothing against it. I'm just saying. Uh-huh. Uh, sure. They're yeah, very okay. powerful. Yes. Especially in movies. <laughs> and I think something has to be done. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Tom Cruise. <laughs> I'm not sure the Scientology it. lobby is going to have a lot to say about this, but but go on. Please okay, do well, continue. Well, and and the other thing is we've got this impending you got the writer's strike, and we've got this impending actor's yeah. strike now. Why doesn't Tom Cruise do something about it? Why doesn't Scientology do something about it? They could step in in two seconds and fix this thing. That is, uh, you know. You know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, you know. And I'm uh, not going to say how you know, but you know. You know. You live there. You... It's close. Yeah, it's 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 the proximity is is definitely <laughs> an, you're right a, a down factor the street. Here. It is true. There's you're true. like neighbors. Yeah. With the with the big church. Yeah. Well, well, I was. I actually was. I, I when I when I lived in, when my wife and I when we lived in Hollywood, we were quite literally across the street from the big castle, uh, which is which is an old hotel that has now been converted into what they call the, the Scientology castle or yeah. I forget there's a name for it, but it's, but it's basically, it's the celebrity center. It's where everybody, the, all the celebrities so go. And yeah. They have dinners there and they have big parties and then they have, you can stay there. It's a little bit like a, 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 a you know, a, a, a highfalutin, uh, hotel for top level Scientologists. Can you, so, can you Airbnb it? Can I, you can, can I you cannot it? no you cannot no and in fact if you walk I mean they've they were known for when you walk up and down the streets uh, they've got security people and they by the way <laughs> this is more information than you want to know about this but so on the periphery of the hotel so on one side is the freeway so there's there's one side of the the hotel that is just basically the 101 freeway okay but on either side of the the hotel are other apartment buildings. And a lot of the workers uh, for the hotel, they've basically bought those apartment buildings and they and they live in those apartment buildings. And so they kind of view those side streets like their own little private driveways, which they aren't, of course, but they view them that way. And if you walk up and down, like if you take a walk or you're walking your dog or whatever, you're likely to get harassed. Like, you know, what are you doing here or whatever? Really? And, oh, yeah. It's it's they're They were annoying. So you're they saying were, I can't Airbnb it. You cannot. You 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 definitely. That's, well, I, I shouldn't be so cavalier I, I about that. The, I just yeah. asked a simple question, and you went on with the whole freeway yeah. thing, and yeah. what, and which yeah. is fine. It's really good. I'm sure our listeners really wanted to know that. They, what what most people want to know is why don't they just fix the writer strike and the like? 
yeah I don't, I don't this is i don't well the, the the theory the 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 current prevailing theory and by the way as we record this the actors will make their decision today uh, on whether they're going to strike or not it should be around it noon, sounds like it, that's noon my happen. time so around three i think it's going to happen yeah, yeah i think they're going to strike uh, especially with the way fran Drescher, which is just funny to me that she's the head of the actors union you know this we're going to strike <laughs> exactly <laughs> which she, she doesn't she doesn't speak like that at all but oh she yeah, doesn't it, it, no not i'm her normal does she do her laugh voices. i can't do the laugh but. yeah she's she doesn't she doesn't uh do that she certainly doesn't do it anymore but given her statement uh last yesterday it seems pretty clear that they're ready to they're ready to strike so the prevailing theory on the writer strike is it's going to go into the fall because the studios are basically waiting them out. They're just they're 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 waiting them out to 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 leverage to get a better deal. Um and but you is know, it now this is fall. I mean, isn't there a, a lot in production right now? Or not because there's well there would strike, be so nothing's yeah, there, going there, on. Yeah, there would be a lot in pre production right um, now. So um, if the writers are striking, then it doesn't matter. The actors might as well strike too, because nothing's going on. That's correct. That the, and, okay. and 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 the and the key here is that it's it's a little different now that there's so many streaming services. It's kind of a year-round thing now instead of just sort of being so focused in on the late summer and early fall for for show production. Um but it still exists. I mean, the upfronts still exist and sort of the 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 new fall series on broadcast cable still exist and so yeah. basically the the you know, if it's like if you can get, they've already shot this year, right? They're basically the studios are going. This year is gone, right? This the twenty twenty three starting in the fall, that's gone. So now there's there's no with that. You know, as long as they have inventory, really they're looking at twenty twenty four. So it's like they're in no hurry. Put it that way. I'm under the assumption that the second half financial results for all the networks and, and Netflix included are going to be amazing. Because the cost structure is way down, right? It could be theoretically. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it, yeah, Netflix could is be. not sp- spending as many billions of dollars as they normally do because a lot yeah. of those people that are probably. Right now. I mean, if you if you follow that theory, it probably wouldn't hit that wave. Wouldn't hit until next, like second quarter of next year. Okay, when all those what, basically because you've got what you've got now is a lot of shows that will be delayed um, until they settle it. Um, or canceled, honestly, because they just figure it's not worth doing now. So yes, I think it's I think it's a sound theory, but I don't think it would. I mean, it would be a really trailing number because they've already that money is already spent, right? For stuff that's already in production, that that those contracts and that money is already spent. And in fact, so you know, there's there's today. lots of stories about how series are still okay for the large part because everything was kind of in the because they were expecting this, right? So they got so a lot of the shows. Uh, and production companies got a lot of stuff in the can, so they've got some backlog. So base, but if you're, you know, not this is this is a financial show, but if you're thinking about that, and, and somebody, I love how you always preface it. That you have way. to, you Do have you? to, because somebody's gonna. I too is I in my personal newsletter I wrote about uh, Bitcoin, and I always have to say this is not any financial advice. Please, I'm not, you know, I'm not that type of person. But if you were a financial. <laughs> If you were thinking about it, you'd say, well, now might be a good time to think that there might be 20 or 25% upside to Netflix right now. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, I think that's true. Generally speaking, I think that's true. Generally speaking, I mean, they're, they're doing, they're doing much better. This whole password thing is working, right? So that's, yeah. That did not backfire at all because, you know, the whole, and, and it, 
it showed you how many people were stealing passwords. Not stealing. Co-opting, borrowing, and not giving back. I don't know what that's called. Well, yeah. And then how many of them would actually convert? I mean, because what they did with that, I think, was so genius was... The, they launched the ad-supported product and then did the password thing, right? Because now there is a place for you to go that you don't have to, you know, you can get an account and and not have to, you know, get a separate account and not have to, you know, necessarily pay the big subscription fee. You know, people that listen to this, they're they're really in for an amazing episode because look at all the stuff we've already covered. We could stop the episode right now <laughs> and have fulfilled our mission. This is here, I'll tell you this. Absolutely useless information in the media realm of some kind. There's been we've more got. discussed in this episode in the very beginning than most, that's for sure. That's true. That's, I mean, yeah. yeah, you could literally stop right now and say, Hey, I've I've had a but please don't. day. Please no, don't I, stop right now. Please you're don't see the numbers. I don't yeah. know why the numbers dropped in 13 minutes. Yeah, exactly. It just maybe because I told people to leave. That that could be. Anyways, <laughs> they, they do uh, listen do, to you. What do we? What do we? We got? do. Ha- we got a r- wonderful show. We have a wonderful show. Uh, we are going to talk about because I don't know. It's for the 384th time. We're no. going to talk about Disney and we're going to talk necessary. about Apple uh, because look, Bob Iger, uh, the CEO of Disney, who's back. Right. It's sort of like every time I see the Bob Iger is back, it's like I, I always think of Star Wars, you know, somehow Palpatine returned. It's like you know, somehow somehow Iger returned. Um, he got an extension. He got a three year extension. And and I think you uh, definitely have an opinion on uh, this. And I think there's it's something to be. said. Yeah, here. there's a pretty there's a about news. the number. Yeah, about the number. Um, and basically, we'll we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about what in that extension and where there may be some still linkages to Apple or someone else. Then we'll talk, of course, about Threads because it has just been remarkable. Crazy. I've been doing a little more research into what's going on there and and some of the where it sits in history and all of that. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Threads, but we'll also talk about the fact that yeah, branded content tools are coming as well as advertisers are already getting pitched, even though the company has said that it won't introduce advertising until at least early next year. Eh, well, we'll see about we'll that. See. We'll see yeah. about this. And then, um, and we'll, and we'll, of course, mention where Twitter is in this because engagement is down, apparently. Traffic is down. But, you know, Go Linda Yaccarino, uh, she says she's the, literally saying everything is fine as the world is burning around her. Um, and then we'll talk about some publishing insights from The Morning Brew, a fantastically successful newsletter, of course, series of newsletters, really, more than anything else, media company. And, We'll talk about some of the best practices there that they sort of bring out and where Joe and I think about that. And then we'll get into rant. Well, we have a question uh, from the audience the, this, uh, this, uh, this episode, which is totally fun. And we'll get to uh, Joe's rant. I you know it's more of a, I don't know if it's com- a rant. It's more commentary. We're going to talk about Aretha Franklin's couch. And so, yeah, that should tease yes. you to yes. get to the end. Aretha Franklin's couch. And then I am going to <laughs> rave... Uh, just honestly about the new Star Trek show, uh, for longtime listeners of the show, you'll know I am a super Trekkie fan boy. Uh, and I'm going to just talk a little bit about the, the strange new worlds, new season and why I think it's so genius from a content creations perspective. So yeah, just a great show. I think a fun show. As you would say, a -a chock-a-block. Chock-a-block. A cornucopia. You're the only one I know that's ever said chock-a-block. Is that true? Where does that come from? Is that... Is I that don't something know. in in Texas? Do people uh, say that in Texas? Uh, um, no, they definitely live don't say in it in Texas. Texas. Move to California. They they don't say it in Texas. Certainly not anymore. Um, 
but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where the, <laughs> maybe I'll try and look mean? it up. It yeah. doesn't mean anything. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Right, yeah. Here, well, here we te- Texas is different now. Yeah. What are we, what way. are we talking about? Are we All talking right. about my favorite? Absolutely. We are favorite talking about project. your favorite. Yeah. Your favorite bullshit, which is, uh, from the street. Uh, and we'll, that's what we'll link to in the show notes anyway, although there are a number of Can I of say something about outlets. the street, first of all? Oh, yeah, is, please. I thought that Forbes was the worst web experience, but they have, yeah, they're they in rival for it, battle, yeah. folks. The street, I, I was on this site for just five seconds. Things keep popping and flying around the street, the stream here. I can't, yeah. I can't even focus. I got I got something a, a banner on the top. I got a banner going on in the middle. I've got it. Now you I've got, got, you got videos coming in. I got now. a video <laughs> popping up on the side about buying some new inkjet printer or something. I, it's it, I've got every look at how quickly. Yeah, I've I've got an ad right below the headline, and then I've got two paragraphs, and I got another ad. Yeah, and then I got more uh, more sponsored content in the middle here. And yeah. then I've got a big white gap here, which is I, probably an ad that didn't load. That's right. Well, it's it's probably an ad that didn't get purchased. So, yeah. What? Here's another ad. Yeah. There's oh, and there's more. more. I don't oh, want to show that. To <laughs> <laughs> you get, sorry, uh, listening folks. There's, yeah. there's things on the street that just sh- you should not be. Anyways, right. go yeah. ahead. Please. After you. Well, this uh, is your as you as you mentioned your favorite topic, and the headline here that uh, does come from the street is analyst expects Disney to be bought by this tech giant. That's not clickbaity at all. No, um, this tech not giant. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the article opens up by saying Needham analyst Laura Martin has been beating this drum for weeks. <laughs> Little does Laura know that Joe's been beating this drum for ten years. Um, anyway, she floats years. a timeline for a potential sale. Uh, the Walt Disney Company has seen better times, says the article, as the iconic entertainment company prepares to celebrate its centennial in October. The usually busy summer season for its theme parks have hit a snag with shorter wait times and slowing traffic. At the box office, the recent flop of Disney Pixar's Elemental is also weighing on the company as the animated film with a $200 million budget took in less than $30 million on its opening weekend. <sighs> Add to that the 14 million subscribers Disney Plus lost earlier this year, and the three main pillars of the House of Mouse theme parks, film, and television are all experiencing shaky times. And in these shaky times, they say the best option for the historic company is to sell itself. And in a note this week, the firm says the sale will happen within the next three years. Remember that number, folks, three years. Because additionally, on CNBC, Bob Iger was on. Uh, talking about the fact that he got his extension, his the board has approved his extension for wait for it, three years. Uh, and basically, uh, the article here on the street goes on to talk about how Apple uh, is the perfect acquisitor for it. Um, basically, talking about how it has enough money, uh, the fact that it's now a three trillion dollar company, and um, yeah. So, so, so Needham, the Needham analyst, uh, Laura Martin, is her yeah. name? Yeah. She must be a listener of this old marketing. She might. She might be. And she, she's probably started listening in 2013. She might be. She's beating that drum. This yeah. So the interesting thing here is, you know, I hate being right about something like Well, you this, haven't. But you're not right yet. You're just, let's I, just be very clear. You're not you right said yet. yet. <laughs> you said yet. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is a win. That's yeah. a W. That's okay. a W right there. All right. Um, so they've given the board, whatever. Has, or Iger have agreed that Iger's going to stay on till 2026. So basically three more years from now. Ah, oh, 
coincidentally, it feels like we're going to have a sale in the next three years. Now, when you say if they're going to sell, there's only a couple companies that could possibly purchase Disney just because it's such a large company. You could you could think maybe Microsoft, but I don't think because of all the antitrust stuff they just got through with the Activision Blizzard thing, they're not going to go through something like that again. Just too much. Uh, yeah. I don't think it fits Amazon's portfolio at all. But coincidentally, there was one company. There's one company that absolutely <laughs> would be the perfect fit. I think yeah. you know who that company I is. I think I do. I think that, I know who you think it is. That no, yeah. that is yeah, that it's 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 finally happening. And I, I thought it was gonna happen about it's a year ago. It's finally happening. <laughs> and I it all seems to we're seeing more and more of these things. It's it's almost like out of nowhere, we're starting to see more of these cues. Um, and these these Bob Iger bread crumbs that he's spreading out just trying to 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 get in front of the team at an apple and uh and make this thing happen you know yeah. apple's new product the supervision or whatever it's called <laughs> what is it called what's the yeah. helmet what's the stormtrooper helmet for apple? i don't rem- i don't what even remember I, the yeah, eye vision it, whatever, whatever it is yeah it needs content Disney yes. Can supply that content. So you can't just have Ted Lasso reruns be the only content on this <laughs> thing. It has okay. to be something from Disney. That's true. So okay, you can. It, it is funny, isn't the three years funny though? That he's giving a little bit more time. He's cutting back. There's the thing. Well, here's I, th- I think that's the the ABC. Yes, there you go. The networks and ABC. They're already thinking about what they have to do to create more shareholder value. That's right. So I we we I don't know if it was the third year or the fourth year or the fifth year that we talked about this. Um, <laughs> every, we've been talking year. about it a long time. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the conversations we had about this, I acquiesced uh, and said, and and I still do believe this that it could happen, but it wouldn't happen as the company is formulated today. I think it ha- Apple has zero interest in being in the cable TV business. I think it has zero interest uh, in being in, uh, I would think it would have zero interest in being sort of in the cruise business or in the sort of hotel business and all of that. So I thought that Apple was in the experience business. They are. They are, but I just don't think they, I don't think there's any. So I think parts of Disney could make tremendous sense, right? The the content side of things, 100%, right? So Marvel Studio, like to your point, they need content, right? So Marvel Studios, Star Wars, all of the sort of major uh, uh, parts of the content part of the studio makes sense. The theme parks, I'm a little bit, torn on I, I i don't see the magic there that i'm having be part of apple other than maybe bringing in the 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 viewer into the you know you put on the goggles and you can go to the theme park and it's a whole thing and uh, there's i can see it i can def- definitely see it but it's but it but it's tough to see it without and maybe that's why they need three years is so that he can get he can jettison some of these older businesses and make it a little more attractive for the sale. Who's the, what's the CEO of Apple? What's his name? Tim Cook. Tim Cook. So do you think that Tim and Bob got together at some point? They were probably, I don't know, wearing jeans and cowboy hats and walking along a beach or something (laughs) like that. And do you, do you think that Bob said, Hey, we both know this should happen, but there are, to your point, 
there's some inconsistencies in the business model yeah. that we'd have to fix first. Bob, why don't you stick around for a couple of years? You know, of course, Tim has that say. Why don't you stick around Disney for, for a couple of years and, and sell off some of the things, like sell off the cruise ships, which would, frankly, who knew, by the way, 2023, the biggest cruise year ever. Yeah. Bigger, right? bigger than 2019, yeah. folks. Cruises yeah. are back. More people yeah. are cruising than ever before. That the Disney cruise line could absolutely be sold off 100% uh, for a lot of money. Um, so anyways, the point is, do you think that that that's a possible conversation? He's going to start getting get the networks gone, get the cruise I do. line gone. I I, get I, I buy that. point where yep. Disney could be bought. I, I buy uh, right, some part of Disney that exists today could be could be purchased. Yeah. So that's, It's interesting that uh, we're starting to see more of this happen. That's, oh, um, yeah. Well, I think we're starting to see the, you know, if, there's a real there's a real effort now. You can see it sort of of the tectonic plates shifting in media, where you can see that the way to do this is at scale, right? You have to do it at scale because there's you can't. It's I mean the funny thing is is that we're going to talk about this um, in a little bit when we talk about the uh, the morning brew or the marketing brew um, or morning brew sorry both um, yeah yeah which is the profitability part of it right and scale is really the key here it's diversification diversification across media which you've talked about forever but of course you know scale really helps that diversification and and so you know att divesting themselves of the whole Warner and then Warner merging with discovery, which is arguably a, was a bad marriage to begin with. But that's the, that's the, the thinking behind it anyway, is that you've got to have that level of scale in order to make yep. a media company work these days. And so it's a, uh, it's a but fascinating back, time. But I think back to what you and I talked about, I don't know, it was like seven, eight years ago when we said that you have this merging of media and tech Yes, for and that's, sure. We 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 called it. We said that Apple was absolutely going to launch their own thing. Amazon was absolutely going to launch their own thing. Amazon launched Prime, and Apple's got Plus and uh, T, TV Plus, whatever the case is, whatever it's called these days. Yeah, uh, they've all got their own things going on, and you're going to continue to see that. So if you say the biggest me, the biggest players in media are also the biggest tech companies. So you have Apple and Microsoft and Netflix and Meta, which we'll talk about in a little bit. It's interesting to see how they're moving their the puzzle pieces around so that they can last the next 10 to, to 15 years and be that dominant player in both new technology, new technology services and the media play. It's yeah. all part of the package. Well, it's funny because and it'll this this might be a nice cue to our next story here, because I actually talked about this with regard to meta uh and threads, right? Because it's really the audiences, right? It's the it's the audience as an asset. And having a lead-in audience, and you know, basically having a diversified audience across a number of properties, which gives you that scale and the ability to launch new products successfully, because you've got that built-in cross-promotional idea, right? So, yeah. what I, I I tweeted this out and and put it on Threads and also put it on LinkedIn, which is I said, you know, from from a Threads point of view, it's like how do you garner a hundred million subscribers? in less than two weeks, well, you, you start with 2.3 billion subscribers the week before. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. It, and that was a great point. That's the, that's the easiest way to do it. If you already have an audience and just add in another component to it. 
Yeah. Done. All right. Should All right. we should we, should we then move to that story? We or, should talk or, about this yeah. one here. I'll put this one up. Boom. Yeah. All right. So yes, uh, Threads has had a remarkable growth uh, over the last two weeks, and we'll what see. What we'll right see. now? What's the number? One hundred and eight million is what I the last I saw. One hundred and eight oh, million was yesterday. You know, it's got to be more. What wasn't I right and wrong last week when I yeah. said that they would have more use, U.S. users than Twitter? Well, you said before July. the end of the summer, and I think everybody tweeted at you and said, and you know, "Like Joe, you were wrong." Is by the end of the day exactly? It's 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 crazy how fast this. I thing thought is. that was like a pretty risky. I'm like, oh yeah, they'll have more, and, and then I was completely wrong. I, I undershot it's, that one. It's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, yeah. and I did some very quick back of the envelope math, which I, I wrote a little piece for CMI to talk about the, uh, the, the ARPU, right. Which of course is the average revenue per user, uh, to make the case about this, the value of an owned media audience. And it's like, if somebody told, you know, if you just do a very basic Twitter level ARPU, which is around five bucks a user per quarter, mm-hmm. they built it. They, they basically have built a $2 billion business in, 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 uh, in less than two weeks. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's 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 absolutely nutty. Now we'll see if they can maintain that. We'll see if they can keep the engagement. We'll see if they can maintain you know a level. And and as we're about to talk about, they have said that they're not going to monetize it with anything till early next year at the earliest. But we'll see if they can keep their hands out of their pockets for a moment because yeah. the article that we'll uh, start with here at least is that uh, Instagram. Uh, is planning on bringing its branded content tools to threads, says a source to Axios, which is what we'll link to in the show notes, of course, giving marketers a way to get involved with the paid promotion on the app while advertising is still off limits. Companies see a clear advantage on being a first mover on threads, but with the rules around paid promotion in flux, it's unclear the best way to get involved beyond creating organic posts. Instagram's terms of service, which include guidance around sponsored content, applies to threads. That means brands that work with influencers to post sponsored content are technically required to use Instagram's branded content tools. Instagram's branded content tools allow companies to add paid partnership labels to their posts and are only made available to eligible brands, which seems kind of ass backwards, but all right. Yeah, it is. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, a source told <laughs> Axios that Instagram is working quickly to make them available, which would give marketers an opportunity to begin experimenting with paid promotion while advertising is still unavailable. And then it reads through, and the rest of the article talks about, you know, basically something to get to 800 words so that they can serve up an ad for us. But um, what do you think about all of this? <laughs> so true. That's so true. Uh, we need another headline, another bullet point, because I yeah. got to get my my next ad. Yeah. Um, I I understand that a lot of well, there's two things. There's a lot of advertisers that want to try this out because you want to be the first mover with this whole thing. And you, of course, and so that's fine. And as you talked about last week, you've got the ad sales team for Instagram just dying to get at this thing and sell it. Well, and that's another uh, just just very quickly here. If you want to bring up the other article here, just so we can talk about all oh, this yeah, in yeah. context. Ad Age ran an article uh, that they got sort of a sneak preview PowerPoint presentation that advertisers are already getting pitched. Um, yeah. And basically, uh, that you know what they said there in in that article was that you know they're promising a lot of the things that Instagram already has, the brand safety and all of the interesting things there. But basically, they've uh, been coming around talking about all you know new features like trending topics and some things that they're you know that are going to be there. But they're already 
getting pitched, right? Adver- b- b- the big advertisers that are on Instagram, I'm sure are getting PowerPoints in their email and they're getting calls and they're getting, you know, sort of like, it's coming. Don't, don't worry. You know, can we count on you for an upfront, you know, and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So it's, it's already coming. Um, how long do you think it's going to be till they acquiesce and say that they've got to, I mean, I know they, they say in the, in the Axios article, it says a, a, they want a critical mass. They have a critical mass. Like they do, but I think they need to make until they see how many users stay on the platform. That's the, that's the key. I think they I think they'll make good on that promise not to do stuff until early next year because that will give them the data and insight to say it's sticking right. How it, many you know, because using it, yeah, because it's back. right. It, I mean, they, what they don't want is this to become another, you know, Google Plus, right? I mean, where, you know, Google Plus got a lot of uptake when it originally came came up um, and very quickly died, right? You know, just Actually, very better. Very, I think a better one is probably Clubhouse. Yeah, yeah, well. About because Clubhouse, like really people, we talked about it. What was their, their valuation was at 4 billion? And no, you were cool. right. Yeah, you said, yeah. this is silly. This is right. not going to last. You were absolutely right with this thing. And they don't want to be another flash in the pan. Yes. So I think they give it till the early next year because that's easy and they'll have the holiday season to point to and they'll look at the, you know, they'll look at all the traffic. They'll look at the engagement levels. They'll have a lot more data to make a, uh, to base what a theoretical ARPU an average revenue per user would be. That means they can set proper ad rates for it. They can get what they need out of it. And they won't have egg on their face because the last thing they want to do is start people having people advertise on it now and then have it fade because then yeah. that puts doubt into Instagram, right? So so they, you know, they're walking a thin line here. Um, one that I think isn't terribly that tenuous, yeah. but but they but I think they'll I, I think cooler heads will prevail here. They don't need to monetize it right away. That's to your point. point last week. And so I think I think they're you know they're they're getting their ducks in a row and I think the salespeople are probably frothing at the mouth of a little bit but I think they'll I think they'll 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 cool their jets until early next year. Well, we talked about it and I will continue to talk about it is that this and 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 the reason why I was wrong in the first place, which you know I didn't think that Instagram was going to launch this whole thing, was because the Twitter business model is a terrible business model. Like yeah. you don't want to duplicate that. So they did not, at least for right now, they said, okay, we'll duplicate Twitter, but not the business model. If they just if the business model is just a loyalty and a data play. Because as we talked about last week, they're taking everyone's data. They're taking your social security number, it's, information on your firstborn. Yeah. They're taking all yeah, that yeah. information. Yeah. They're going to use that to create a better experience for advertisers on the sure. other platforms. Yep. And that's going to work out beautifully for them. And then the more they can keep you on any kind of a meta platform, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, or threads, that's good for the entire organization, for them to sell whatever else they want to. And... A lot of people have been talking about, and I agree with it, is the verification play. And you talked yep. about it last week where yep. there's, I mean, people are now thinking, well, I wasn't verified before. Now I want to be verified. Right. I want now I'm on three mark. platforms. Yeah. I mean, there's know, that, I got, maybe it's that third platform that right? is the you, tipping point. You get point. it on yeah. one, you get it on all of them. That's right. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, ultimately, I think we'll both be wrong there. I think they will introduce advertising to it. Of course um, they will. You but know, they don't I have mean, to. They don't have to, and 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 to wait I think as long it, as possible. That's where right. I talked about this in the newsletter. Is is that Twitter cannot compete with Threads 
because if they don't have like a nonprofit right. exactly. organization, yep. it's like competing against a nonprofit. You do they don't have to monetize. That's right. They can just create an amazing experience and be done. That's right. And they could and honestly, it would hasten the you know if there's you know I mean everybody sort of put this into the cage match territory and all that kind of stuff. This keeping it free and open and and you know free of advertising and high engagement rates and all that kind of stuff would only hasten Twitter's death, right? It would only hasten the 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 now. I don't particularly think that if you believed it all that you know there was some interesting analysis done that said. Threads may end up being sort of the more, uh, you know, th- th- if if you if you look at it this binary, and to say you know there's a right and a left platform, t- Twitter may actually sort of start to become what Truth Social or what some of those other you know sort of more uh, right wing platforms were um, over time, and Threads may be what Twitter used to be or what, you know, what, you know, whether you think it's centrist or leftist or whatever it is. Right. But you may see it. I thought it was an interesting analysis to say, we may start to see that both can survive, but both would be smaller in, as a, as a result. But I go back and I go, well, already, but the still the business model of a truth social or something like that is also flawed because the whole point of these kinds of things, and this is says more about our culture than anything else, is that you need the tension, you need the friction, right? You need the friction in the community because that's what builds engagement. Yeah. And so that you know, it will it will be interesting to see if the same kinds of content start to emerge on uh, on threads as was on Twitter. Um, as it starts to take more and more because, you know, the, the analysis has also shown that traffic is down on Twitter, engagement is down on Twitter. So Linda it, it is having an effect. It's not. Yeah. Right. Linda Yaccarino says it's up. <clears throat> but of course she says that. Of course it's up. she says You that. know what I would like? Here's what I believe that Elon should do regarding Twitter um, because we talked about like, okay, valued when he bought it at $44 billion. You could make a case it's worth way less than $5 billion right now. Uh, there's a lot of unnecessary pressure on Elon to make this thing profitable. Why? He he got he's got so much with with Tesla's recent price increase. He's got more than enough to cover. He can get he can buy back at a discount right now. He should go to the other investors, give them fifty cents on the, on the dollar for their investment, take the whole thing in, and take the pressure off and stop screwing around with it just to try to make money off of doing silly things like he's been yeah. trying to do, and just have it run. Just be just it just needs to be Twitter. It doesn't have to be anything different. It just needs to be Twitter. <laughs> I true. I don't understand. Yeah, it's it's true. like, oh, we got to do this. We got to add this verification. And we got to, oh, you can only see these blue check marks, only see these this many tweets. And you get this. And then tweet decks only for blue. All this stuff. It's just silly. Yeah. He's just screwing it up. You can't do that right now. Just say, hey, I'm going to take a breather and. We're just going to let the platform be the platform you know and loved. Uh, yeah, and or hasten some of the X apps that he's been talking about, right? The payment platform, yeah. or make it something different, right? You know. So, in other words, look at what Threads is doing and go, okay, you know, they're zigging, so I'm going to zag, right? So I'm going to yeah. make Twitter, you know, a, a a different kind of platform, you know, move more into being a competitor to Venmo or Square or something like that. Maybe Could, something like Vine. 
<laughs> oh my god yeah that's it yeah there Twitter it is needs to pivot back to, to vines the, to to the one to that vines they, yeah to that they bankrupted oh my gosh whatever hey before we get to our last uh story here which is a really fun one um maybe we should give our sponsor a shout oh out. my maybe. goodness this is yeah this is amazing we want to do a big shout out to Streamyard. we're using Streamyard. We are right using StreamYard. Absolutely right now. And we've been using StreamYard for the past couple months now. Yes. And if you've noticed, we're able to live stream onto both of our LinkedIn platforms, which we do on Friday morning. So that's right. Just on Friday morning, every morning at 8, uh, 8 a.m. Eastern time on my platform, 11 a.m. Eastern time on Robert's uh, LinkedIn page. We that's go right. directly to our YouTube page. By the way, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube, go ahead and do that. This old marketing. Uh, we've got a couple subscribers that are really happy with that, but we'd love to get <laughs> right. your we get get, get yeah. your comments and all that. But but what's wonderful is, is it, and I'm not. You and I had a really good uh, methodology for recording our podcast. Very old school. We would record it locally. That's right. And then we'd splice it together. It took me yeah. about an hour post production to do this, and the quality was great. But it's a lot of time now. You and I can do video and audio seamlessly. When as soon as we're done with this broadcast, it's done. Everything's done. That's because That's right. of StreamYard. Um, I can't promote it enough. I think they're doing a great job, and we yeah. love to use the app. And it's really changed the way. And of course, as we're doing this program, we can bring in um, the news articles, and we can bring in a question, which we'll do in a little bit. And it's it's been pretty great all the way yeah. around. Well, go, I'll, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I you know. And for longtime listeners of the show, you'll know that I had some challenges early on with, you know, we, we had some, some technology challenges, but it was literally just figuring out the way that StreamYard works best. Um, and so it, you know, I, I was an early sort of skeptic um, about the platform and went, eh, it's not working the way I want it to work. And why is it only this way with there and, and, and that? And when we figured out what they were actually doing, what you know, what when we actually made sure that our settings were correct and that making making sure that we are, you know, getting into the platform and really doing what it wants you to do and the way you want it, it wants you to do it. It works brilliantly. It works perfectly. So it was a classic case of me being resistant to change my workflow versus, um, you me know, too. The, yeah. So yeah, absolutely, it's, uh, we didn't want to. We've been doing the same thing for you know, exactly. 350 episodes the same way. And we didn't want to change. We have yep. changed. We are capable of change. We are. Yes. It wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. Uh, no, it only took us to, a few episodes to get it all sorted out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and our listeners know, but I think we're getting there. We feel pretty good about it. If you go to StreamYard.com slash The Tilt, StreamYard.com slash The Tilt, uh, you will get a free trial, which is wonderful, and yeah. a lifetime discount. Ooh, which is even better. A lifetime. So go discount. to the streamyard.com slash the tilt. It'll be in the show notes as well. But we're we're big. <laughs> when you're fans. 85 and by the way, years old, you're still getting that discount. By the way, yeah. did you ever think that Gary Vaynerchuk was gonna be on this old marketing? There it is. There's his picture. Oh my god. That's amazing. Hi, <laughs> you love him. Uh, he's I nice like guy. Gary. I, I look, he's Gary's nice a guy. lovely guy. He's a he's great a, guy. He's a he's great a, guy. He's a great I guy. Love his, I don't love all his thinking, but is 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 a great guy. He's helped a lot of people. I'll tell you he's what. Helped when a I went lot to Vegan, when I went to Vegan, it was like being at uh, Scientology event, and Tom Cruise is up there. Oh, that's kind of okay. all right. That's I'm I'm going to guess he doesn't love that testimonial, but he I, does you know. not. He's going to be mad at me for saying yeah. that. Let me let me do a better one. He yeah. uh, he was like Jesus. No. <laughs> oh no. Oh dear. People. 
people were um, maybe uh, let's like like uh, how about like Post Malone or Lady Gaga <laughs> or Malone. Taylor Swift? Maybe that was <gasps> oh, some. No. That's that's how people were going. He uh, is the Taylor to Swift be around. Yeah, yeah. He is the Swifty. No, wait, that's not right either. Okay. We're just gonna stop right there. Yeah, I think that's probably good. I, think I that's did probably... enjoy. I did enjoy Vcon though. I think he does a, a great job. I would like to see more. But here's what's interesting. Yeah. If I had a piece of feedback for Gary, I would like to see more Gary at his conference. Um, he involved a lot of people, and he did it in most of the right ways. But I think that people wanted to see Gary up on stage a little bit more, like doing a little bit more hosting. That's what gotcha. I would like to see. So. Okay. Yeah. Sure. All right. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Sure. Moving yeah. along. Move, okay. Moving moving along here. All <laughs> we're right. Gonna, our we're last... going to delete that whole section. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> moving along here to our last story here to cover very quickly here. This comes from what's new in publishing.com. Uh, Again, a really fun, good site that I have come to like very much. Um, and the headline is, you cannot build a media company and not be profitable. Publishing insights from The Morning Brew. And this is a combination of a blog of best practices as long with uh, some video here with this, the entire uh, session, which is with Jacob Donnelly, the publisher of The Morning Brew uh, and founder of a media operator, uh, which is another great, another great um, site, yeah. another great site. Um, and basically it opens up with, uh, really saying that covering the best practices that Jacob talked about and the key insights from the session, one being the only way to succeed in media is through niches. Unless you're the New York times, you're not going to succeed says Jacob. If going forward, if you don't have a very clear defined understanding of who your audience is, niche media is picking a lane and knowing exactly who is the consumer of that content. The key to any of these products is that they have to know exactly or actually who wants it. We had recurrent ventures up there before every one of their publications, they're all niche and they have a very specific who that wants that content. We've talked about that for a long time. Um, and then two, you cannot build a media company and not be profitable. And this is where the headline comes from. And he says, if we look at BuzzFeed, Vice, you know, a lot of these large general interest publications, their dream was to get as big as humanly possible, right? Probably not a completely bad set of advice, given what we've seen and what we talked about in the early part of the show, like you have to be huge in scale, right? So BuzzFeed says, you know, they ended up raising hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, they're about to go bankrupt. Uh, even though the, we thought they were worth $5.8 they weren't. Um, same with Vice has had its own problems. And basically, he says, if you're not immediately trying to figure out how to generate revenue for your business, if you're not immediately figuring out how to get sustainability, you're going to be on a hamster wheel of investing of raising money. So yep. some, I thought some just really good, solid advice for those that want to either think about starting or are in the midst of operating a media company. Well, I think if for any content marketing venture as well, because exactly. I know whenever somebody launches anything, whether it's for a marketing purpose or whether it's a creator launching their own media brand, they're almost always too broad. Yeah. It's all, they're trying to cover too much to too many different personas. So you have to really narrow that down. I'm still focusing on one type of customer, one type of audience, and I'm not going to try to boil the ocean with my content. And that that's like... I can't, I can't tell 90% of the time when I'm doing analysis is that, Hey, this is what I'm trying to cover. What do you think? I'm like too big, too yeah. big. I think, and maybe that's because I, I benefit from starting in business to business publishing. And when I started a pet media, I got in there, pet media 
is is not even a company. There's no brand. There was no brand called Pet Media. It was 50 individual media yep. properties underneath exactly. Pet that all served one customer each. And that's how they were successful. So from didn't that you have point, like a, there wasn't there like a publication devoted to like firefighters or or fire prevention well, people? Yeah, <laughs> I was I was for a short time I was publisher of fire protection engineering. There it is. Fire protection engineering. Now that is and a it niche was the number one publication for fire protection engineers. <laughs> right. There you go. Right. Ta-da. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I, I have I should pull that out. I was on the cover of one of the issues because uh the, the actor didn't show up that was okay. supposed to stand in. And they said, Yeah, you look good enough. You be the you 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 be the fire be, protection engineer. You pretend I was supposed to be an architect. An architect, and I say, like, or whatever. So, I am art. Yeah, I didn't do a very good job of it, and <laughs> yeah. I had a lot more hair at the time, so it's a really yeah. good. It's a really good picture of me. Art Vandalay, Polizzi. <laughs> <laughs> the second point about profitability. Yeah, you're going to see less and less of these bigger media launches. I think because of what happened with Vice and what happened with BuzzFeed, there's a huge opportunity for product brands to launch these things because they don't have the pressure. We talk about it all the time. They don't have the pressure of needing to drive revenue directly right. from the thing. They can do it as a loyalty play. They can do it because they want to increase yield on their current products. They could do it as a lead gen play, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be a profitable entity in and of itself. Yeah. And that's where we've always believed that there's, it's just, I don't want to say it's an easier path for content marketers, but it is. Yeah, it is. Because you can measure it a bunch of different ways and you don't just have to measure it like media companies do. What's my revenue? What's my cost? How much is my profit? Can I keep moving forward? Yeah. So, 100%. You know, and I'll, I'll just, I'll, the only thing I'll button on that is is to say that, uh, and, and it's it's ironic that I, I literally my article that'll that'll appear here next week, I think it is for, for CMI, I wrote about this, which is this again, coming back to this the value of a, of an audience or the value of a subscribed engaged audience. And what I make the point of, which really is brilliantly supported with these two insights from Jacob, um, is that building your first audience as a, you know, whether you're a, whether you're doing this in content marketing or as a media company or whatever, we have to remember that building that first audience that you know, for that first platform that you focus on and that you you put blood, sweat, and tears into is hard. It takes time. Mm -hmm. It's you know, you've said it many times. You know, these nine months, you know, eighteen months, you know, whatever the long. It, it is a long term investment. But the second one comes much quicker. The Threads is a perfect example of that. Um, but the second one comes much. And, and the and the example I've been using these days is to say, look at what Cleveland Clinic did, right? It took them 10 years to build the millions of you know, subscribers and audiences that they had to their Health Essentials blog. But then they launched Health Library, and within like two or three years, they had millions of, you know, yeah. because they had that lead-in audience. They had that lead-in audience to, to, to sort of help support it. So it's that, and that's where profitability really starts to come in because it becomes a flywheel, right? Reaching and engaging those subscribers becomes much easier once you have them. So things, you know, we talk about this all the time. You're going to launch a podcast. Podcast is a perfect thing to launch after you have a big audience, because it's much easier to launch if you've already got an existing audience who is already willing, ready, and able to come and subscribe yep. to you audio-wise. So, yep. yeah, it's a great insights great there. Great point. Start with one first. That's, that's right. Just do it. 
All right, let's get into our rants and raves here. Uh, oh, and do, we, uh, do you want to do the question? Or do you want I, to do I would love question? to do the question. I'm a little concerned about time, but but yeah, wanna, do the, let's well, do this well, question. Well, let's do this. Well, it's a great question. Why don't we save it for next week? We're going to save it for next week. Because great, it, and great. So, so Peter, we got your question. We got your love question. your questions. Yes. Next week. It's perfect. We're going to save Already it. Already loaded up and ready to go. It's, yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> we just talked to... That's right. Too long this episode. Okay. That's ex- that's, that's exactly right. All right. So wanna... before we get to our rants and raves oh, here, yeah. just very quickly here, get on over to our site, won't you? Thisoldmarketing.com. It's got all the stuff. You can subscribe to the Experience Advisors newsletter, which is my little newsletter that uh, is just got all sorts of wonderful goodness in there for all of you who are building experiences for audiences. And then, of course, there's Joe's The Tilt newsletter, which is also just fabulously filled with wonderful chunks of goodness um, about you being a content entrepreneur and, and all all of the things around that. And of course, you can listen and or see all of the other 383 uh, hours of, of our nonsense. Hours. Um, and Jeez. yeah, it's, it's, it's a really nice little resource there for you. Um, so get on over there and do that. And of course, pass on subscriptions. Give us a review. Pass on subscriptions. We really want to build this audience, um, and we need you to help us do that. So, and one of our um, and one of our uh, wonderful friends and subscribers of the show, Stephen Davis, has been telling us to push our YouTube channel. Yes, push it. So yeah. I'm going to do it right now. Uh, push go it. go to our go to this episode in YouTube and say hi. We will respond to you. Yeah, with some. Yeah, some usually usually YouTube comments are. Not a pretty place to visit, but hopefully but, but, ours will stay. But there's no there's no bots on it. I mean, I know, I know. If we're just telling our current subscribers to go there, I maybe it'll safe, stay. Maybe it'll stay okay. Yeah, maybe it'll stay. It's a safe place. It's a safe place. It's a safe we've got brand a, environment. We've got a safe word. Our safe word is chucklehead. There you go. Safe. The safe word is chucklehead. Um, when you go there, okay. Nobody wants this. Okay. Yeah. Um, you want to go first or shall I go first? You should go I'll, first because I'll, yours is, yours is a little like, you know, it's not a not downer per se, about, but it's, it's it, not yeah. a, yes, it's, let me, let me find and see if I have a, an article here. Here's, here's an article. I'll just put this up for a second. So yeah, this is a PSA <laughs> on <laughs> this article. Basically the jury decides 2014 document found in Aretha Franklin's couch is a valid will. I'm not going to go through the details of why this, but basically there was no will structure for Aretha Franklin's entire estate worth millions and tens of millions of dollars. They found one will somewhere in documents. And then apparently there's another one that was found in a couch. Um, and they're, these wills are fighting against each other. And what I want to say is, I, and I've talked to a lot of people that don't have wills, um, get a will. This is this is totally ripping apart Aretha Franklin's family because one says one thing and is, a, the, is the executor to one of the kids and the other one is an, the other kid is an executor and there's all these discrepancies in there and so nobody knows anything. So what you want to do like what would have been great is if Aretha before she unfortunately passed away said that this will supersedes any in other wills that you may find in couches or, or other furniture devices or whatever, right? <laughs> that would have been better to do that. Yeah. So first of all, get a will and then make sure you put in that will that this will dated, whatever notarized, whatever you're going to do it is, is the will that supersedes everything else. So you don't have this thing happening. And I, my heart goes out for this family that are 
needlessly fighting over this thing because Aretha's estate didn't do what they everyone needs to do. So whether you have $10 or $10 billion, you should have some kind of will that tells the people that love you in your life what they need to do. And this one obviously didn't do the job. So this is this has nothing marketing related. It's just, man, it's not that hard to do, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Get it done. Get it done, please. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's that, and you know, your, 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 your living trust, and all those kinds of things are also just, it's just good, just to get it all taken care of. It's, yeah. it's an estate. Yeah, uh, my wife estate planning. I, we, we went to an yeah. estate planning attorney about, let's see, in two thousand one. Yeah, so over twenty years ago. Yeah, and it gets you to ask hard questions. Yeah. The things that you don't want, but you, you have to add, like, what if something happened to either of you? Who gets the kids? You right. know, where do these things go? What's this money? What's this asset? And you, right. you don't think about a lot of these questions and you have to, it's not about you folks. Right. It's about the people you love that have That's to deal right. with this. So, and we, <laughs> we have some family members that like to buy things. And whenever you know there's a, there's a certain person that likes to go out there and buy something and say, hey, can I go out and buy this older older family member uh, wants to go out and buy that? And I'm like, look, it, you can buy this right now, but just know that I'm the one that's going to have to deal with this when you die. So, <laughs> oh, there's no guilt necessary. trip there at all. Do yeah, you need no- this <laughs> thing to make you feel better about your life in some way, or do you want to make my life a living oh, I hell? Love that, if you want to make my life a living hell, yeah. buy this. Yeah, I love that. That's a very funny conversation, right? <laughs> Just you know, sure, it's go true. buy it. I I don't want it, but sure, go buy it's like, it. You are almost eighty years old. What do you need that for? <laughs> what is this going to do for? It's like that, yeah. It's like that it's twisted like, sister video. What are you gonna do with your life? It's like I gotta. I, what I'm, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take it and pick it up, put it in the car, oh and take God. it to Goodwill. That's, that's exactly where that's going. That's very funny. What do you have? I, <laughs> I'm kind of giggling now, but that whole thing. All right, that wasn't nearly the downer that I thought it was gonna be. Oh, no, um, it's, it's uplifting. It's good. I just want to very quickly. People. I want to very quickly rave on the new Star Trek. Uh, series, um, and, well, it's not new anymore. It's season two of the of the, of the series. There are three episodes in, and it's just living up to everything that it promised to be. Right? They they promised to get into adventure of the week, like the old original series was, and it is exactly that. They're getting into adventures of the week, so there's no long, weird relationship character arcs. There's a couple of things that are, you know, sort of continuing from episode to episode that were very much part of the character arcs of the of the original series. Um, and of course, Next Generation, you know, but it's truly, each week is a new planet, a new adventure, a new exploration, getting back to some of the just adventure stuff instead of sort of the, the deep uh, sort of, you know, personal issues or those kinds of things. So it's, it's just really, really good. And I just wanted to shout out my favorite part of it is, and I actually read an article from the showrunner who, who talked about this is so with a show like that, inevitably there is going to be things that are fan service, right? Because it is a prequel in many ways, right? I'm not giving anything away here is that it is set 10 years before the uh, the events of the original series. And so you meet many of the people that are on the original series that will eventually become Kirk and Spock and, and you know, and all of the, mm-hmm. the, the different characters. 
but the fascinating so inevitably they they're going to some of the same places that the original series they're meeting some of the same people they're they're hearing about some of the same things that are all canon at this point for the for the series but they do it in such a wonderful way and this ser- and the episode 3 was just a perfect example of this where if you knew you knew you know in other words if you knew what was actually going on in the background with the planet that they visited and the villain that they actually dealt with and what happened with the original series and the, how you get introduced to Captain Pike in the original series is just it's if you but if you didn't and my wife like has zero idea of this and my wife enjoyed the episode absolutely just as much as I did but you know for fan service there's sort of a wink and a nod in there and and it's just they don't they're not ham-handed with it it's just it's just absolutely brilliant so I just have to rave about it's just such a great way to present their this content and in a way that uh I think meets the needs of both the rabid fans as well as the sort of more casual fans. So was just somebody huge wearing a, was somebody wearing a triple or, or something like that? that uh, <laughs> no, 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 no tribbles yet. No tribbles yet. No, not that I've seen be, anyway. That's that's one that's gone through all. I mean, it, that oh, always sure. comes back. You're, you're going to see it. You're going to yeah. have to see it. Yeah, Deep Space Nine was really about the tribbles. They 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 brought a couple of episodes back with that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I got I was never hooked on Star Trek. Uh, well, I wasn't around when it was on. I mean, yeah. you were you were. I mean, that was you watched that live yeah. on uh, live oh, on television. But, OK, all right. But uh, oh, but I got okay. I got stuck. <laughs> I got stuck on Next Generation, as as you know, like we yeah. that's our whole floor at and Daryl Hall at Bowling Green State University. We got together. I think it was Sunday nights, Sunday nights. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah, we all got together and watched next generation and that's how i got involved and then i went through watched everything else so, yeah there you go good good good, good stuff good. all right so what do you got this week where are you going you're you're traveling i think we've yeah. Got, yeah we've got a little bit of a road trip uh going we're, i'm seeing uh my my old friend college roommate from 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 bowling green in north carolina so we're gonna go visit him and his family uh we're going to see the chelsea wrexham match Nice in uh, in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Wrexham being Ryan Reynolds and Ron of course, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, the team. So I'm looking forward to that, and and be traveling around that area. And and uh, so the next this old marketing will be from the road. No, okay. for me. I mean, All right, for, yeah. So I have not no idea where I'm going to be. Well, that'll so be it fun. Could be cra- it could be crazy. It could be. It, it'll be but really interesting. The video part of that will be very, especially, be very especially interesting. interesting. So I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, it's going to be a different setup. I'm going to use my laptop. So, fingers crossed that'll work. But, <laughs> well, eh, what do you got going on? Uh, you know, it's work, 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 work. I'm working on these classes that uh, that I'm going to try and debut in the fall here. Um, and yeah, that's that's you know, it's weird working on stuff that's not going to see the light of day. You know, that's really how I've spent a lot of this year is like working on a lot of things. The book classes stuff you know so it's like i'm busy but it's hard to it's hard to translate that busyness into output because it's stuff that won't actually get released until end of the year early next year so i feel you I yeah, think it's, a lot of I think a lot of creators feel that same thing. It's like you're yeah. working on something that won't see the light of day for a while. But yeah, know, it's, it's it's like working on a book too. It's weird. It's like what it, you do today. I wrote for two hours. Nobody's right. going to see that for six months. Exactly. Yeah, it's right. it's just a little it's a little weird. It's a little yeah. weird. But 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 all good. All good. All 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 this. all dumb thing good. there. All right. Well, that's it for us. You know, uh, 
as we will see you as we saw joe will be here next week from the road somewhere i will of course be right here in my little chair and until we see you next week just remember in the meantime it's your story to tell tell it well we'll see you next week on this old marketing 